Everybody doing all right today? What a glorious day outside. Isn't it beautiful outside? Seems like we had a lot of bad weather in May, then all of a sudden June hit, and it's just like, yeah, <laughs> kind of what we've been waiting on. Sermon today, we're going to following uh, next week's Father's Day too, by the way. Everybody, you fathers know that? That means a special day for you. Take advantage of it, will you? Uh, I plan on taking advantage of mine. Take advantage of yours. Get that whatever you like to eat, you know, real well. And maybe that'll work. I don't know. Uh, got a lot of people on vacation. Still a lot of people on vacation. Family reunions. All kinds of things going on. So be praying for the uh, for the church as the summer does its summer thing, and everybody goes out and makes memories and enjoys life. So uh, be praying for all your brothers and sisters that are out uh, doing what they do. Uh, sermon today is called No God, and uh, uh, we're, we're following Exodus. It's going to stay right in line with Exodus for a while longer, and it says go and be, but to know God. And, and uh, it, you know, I, I can't, uh, I can't, uh, I can't make you know God. I can tell you what the Word of God says, how I interpret it, how I believe it, but. Knowing God from the beginning, from Adam and Eve till, for, till, the, till the last, um, is going to be between you and God. It's not between you and uh, many other people, although many other people can help you understand God. When it comes right down to it, you're standing out there like it shows in that picture right there. You're standing out there, and you're looking at the creation of God, and you're looking at the beauty of God, and it's, it's between you and God. Because when, when things go on in our lives, it's between you and God, and it gets real personal between you and God, uh, and it's how you react and how you, the more you understand who God is, the more you understand how God works, the more, uh, the more he becomes your Lord, the more he becomes your Savior, the more he becomes God to you, but it's not up to a pastor or a teacher or anything else to do that for you, that's, that's your job, our job is to help you get there, but it's between you and God to get there, amen, uh, and there's something about knowing God, uh, that is just a, 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 a fabulous thing. I don't know what words I could describe it. Uh, I remember when I was younger, my younger years, uh, I was more into involved with the, with the church and, and all the ifs and do, these and don'ts and all that stuff. And sometimes that can get in the way of knowing God. Sometimes we, we can let things in our lives get in the way of really personalizing who God is in our lives uh, through traditions, through other ways, we, it's, it's more, it's deeper than that. And if you get my text message and you read some of that stuff, you see I was kind of on that a little bit this week. It's, it's looking and recognizing the miracles, God, and then believing what he says he's going to do because you know him. And if you don't know him, I mean, if you look at your husband and your wife, and, and, and some of you have been married many years, and you know what your wife or your husband's going to do. I mean, you automatically know what they're going to do. Um, and you, you, you kind of get into their, their psychic, their heart, their, who they are. You know what they're going to do. And that's where God wants us to be with him. It's so close. Well, I got, a lot of, I, got it out of my, I got it out of my pocket, Donna. I had it in my pocket last week. But God wants us so close with him to have this relationship. It's so close that we know God. And uh, Moses is, 
They're heading in to, to meet Pharaoh, and we've talked about Pharaoh. There's a picture of Pharaoh over there. We've talked about that quite a few times. He's heading in to, to, meet, to meet with Pharaoh again. And each time he meets with Pharaoh, he, he, there's two things that he sees. He's starting to understand Satan, because Satan represents Pharaoh. He's starting to understand evil. He's starting to understand the, the power and the strength of evil. But he's also starting to understand God. He's starting to know God through all these circumstances that take place. Even though he doesn't like the circumstances that are taking place, he's starting to know God through those things. And if we can look at the Scripture and, and follow the Scripture and see how God works, then we start to know God. You see, because God never, everybody say changes. He never changes. Uh, it, it change only happens when we're not perfect. And when you're perfect, you don't change, and God is perfect. So what he says in Exodus and what he says in, in Luke and Matthew and Mark and John and all through the New Testament, he's the same God. In the New Testament, we live under grace. In the Old Testament, the law was set up so we could see how important grace is. But God doesn't change. And if we can take you on a journey in this church for however long you're going to be here and however long God has me here, that we can really just know God. Because I'm telling you, when you know God, your life changes to be more like God. Amen? And that's the, isn't that the goal that we're all set out to do, to, to change, to be more like Christ? And some of us go in different directions and different things, and, and some of us have a music ministry, some of us have a mission ministry, some of us have all kinds of missions, but we're all heading that same way, to know God. I've talked enough, I think. To walk the steps that lead straight to the throne room of evil. Now, as I was praying over this throughout the week, and I, I come up with the title earlier in the week, and I, I was just thinking of, of Moses, or, or when we want to go and, and go and spread the word of God and be the hands and feet and the voice of God, I was thinking of Moses as he walked up to that palace, whatever that might look like. It was at that time in the world, it would have been the most fabulous buildings around because Pharaoh was the most important man on the earth. He's the strongest man. He's wealthy. He's got control of everything. And so I could just imagine, and that, that represents the evil in the world, and just imagine of, of walking up the, up the steps. Maybe they're beautiful white steps, and I don't know what it is, but some big pillars or something, whatever it is with the big heads they have and the strange things they had in Egypt, and he's walking up those steps, and he knows he's walking up to the throne room of evil. What that might, might, might even be like in his life. And what he knows is so far as God has told him what to do, but he hasn't seen some miracles out of God, not too many, a few little things that God has done for him. I wouldn't really consider him little. And he says, okay, I'm heading up to the throne room of evil. And make no mistake, when you're telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ and, and they don't belong to him and they don't know God at all, they don't understand that, that's what you're doing. When you want to go and be, you've got to understand that you're heading up to that throne room of evil. And you want to remove those people from that, through the love of Christ. So to walk the steps that lead straight to the throne room of evil, where death may await. Now Moses knows what God wants to do, but still that, that, that human, that flesh, the fear that comes over all that. Now I know a few weeks ago, a lot of you probably read, this, read the, uh, the, the, the story of, over in Egypt, where they pulled over the Christians in the bus. And I think it was the Muslims, uh, 
radical Muslims pulled over the Christians in the bus and they, they murdered 29 of them. Did you read how that happened? There was, they started pulling them off the bus, adults, children, 10 of them were children. And they pulled them off one by one. And they would simply say, will you convert to Islam? And when they replied no, they shot them. One by one, they marched them off that bus. And what amazes me is the children. See, because that is marching to evil. And, and that's the world we live in. I'm, I'm, that's, I want you to grab a hold of that. That's the world that we live in. That, that's not Egypt thousands of years ago. That's Egypt 2017. And we have brothers and sisters being murdered by evil. So as they march those children off that bus, those children's what faith, amen? To see adults, what's taking place. You say, oh, pastor, I don't want to hear about that. We can't stick our heads in the sand, can we? We have to be aware of these things. And 29 lives, 29 beautiful souls later went on to heaven. We are still to go and be, no matter where God marches us to, no matter what it looks like, we go. Amen? And the question I had for myself when I learned about all that was, what would I have done? What if I was on vacation in Egypt or a vacation somewhere over there and the bus got pulled over and I start seeing people say, deny your Jesus or die? What would I have done? Do I know God well enough to do that? Do I trust him as, as a, maybe a, a 10 or a 12 or 13-year-old child? Do I trust him enough as, that, as a child of God? A little child, do I trust him enough? Do I have enough faith to do that? And I pray I never am encountered with that. And none of you. But something's different about those Christians in Egypt. They knew God. And those children knew God better than some of the pastors preaching in the churches today. They knew God. And they were willing to give up the only life they know for Him. That's powerful, isn't it? It's powerful. Where death may await, one must be walking in the power and promises of God so that His glory shine through you. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, let me stay here just for a minute. One of the most important things of, of verse 8 with his few words is that the, the Lord spoke. He spoke to a Pacific person. He had a Pacific plan. But the important thing is he spoke. Now, the Lord speaks to us today in different ways, through the Bible and consequences, through the church and through prayer and through the Holy Spirit. But he speaks. He's still speaking us to us today. When we open up the Word of God, it, it, should, it should come alive and it should be applicable to your life. And you should be able to put your name right there on those pages and say, there's my name. This is how God is asking me to, to live and grow. He still speaks to us today. Not as he spoke to Moses. That was a different time. But he still speaks today. And the Holy Spirit is within us. 
that we can comprehend, that we can magnify and glorify God. And those that want to truly know God, those that truly want to follow God, your lives are so blessed. You have seen so much favor from God. You say, well, how do I, how do I know when God speaks? If you don't know where God speaks and how God speaks, your heart is in a critical shape. And I can tell you it starts with prayer. It starts with pouring your heart out to God and say, I want to know you. I want to know you more than I've ever, ever can even imagine I want to know you. And allowing God to, to mold you and break you and, and let things happen around you that you thought never was possible that you don't want to go through, but yet you want to know God and you want to follow Him and you want to be encouraged by Him and you want to encourage others through Him. Sometimes it looks ugly. Sometimes it looks very hard and difficult. But if you'll stay close to God, through every process, you'll know Him more. Amen? And I think that's what Christianity is all about, is a relationship, a personal relationship, knowing God more. I'm glad, glad God speaks to me. The most important thing is he speaks to me. And he speaks to Moses and he speaks to all his children. Push forward, never fade back. Will God really do what he claims? Now Moses, we'll get into the rest of these verses here in a minute. Moses has got to really believe what God says. I mean, if I, if, if, if I want to really, I, if I'm truly understanding who God is and I want to know God, then I've got to believe what he says and I've got to go with that. I can't compromise. I've got to go with what God says. I've got to believe it. And no matter what it looks like, God wants you to know him. I just, everybody say, God wants, wants me to know him. God wants you to know him. Will God really do what he claims? Well, that's one of the things God just loves to show us in our lives. And if you just pay attention to God, if you'll just focus upon God and not let the world's distractions tear you apart, you'll see God. And then you start to know who he is. Moses had to go through these things. Aaron had to go through these things. All of Israel had to watch these things. And all of the evil had to see these things. They had to know that God is more powerful than evil. Amen? I got to know that. I mean, I, I used to say, well, I thought you knew that. I want to know that even more. That evil cannot conquer God. It's been crushed by Jesus Christ already. I've got to believe it. I've got to take it in and I want to see it. Your answer tells the story of your heart. If you believe these things, like Moses, when he walks up here in a few minutes and he walks up to Pharaoh and he says, this is what I'm going to do, I have to believe God. And I believe God more when I know God more. In Exodus 9 it reads, when Pharaoh speaks to you saying, show a miracle for yourselves. A miracle. Now, I'll tell you, I talked about miracles throughout the week on some of my stuff, and miracles are wonderful things. And we're going to talk about that more in a few more minutes out of Luke. But miracles are wonderful things. And God performs them all the time. Most of the world refuses to look, refuses to, to see. They have their own ideas what a miracle from God looks like. But right now... 
Moses has got to believe the miracles that God says he's going to do. And you need to believe him too. And through these miracles, through these things in our life, we start to know God. When Pharaoh speaks to you saying, show a miracle for yourselves. Then you shall say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. Now we know that earlier in the scriptures that had happened once more when God first started working with Moses. But this time, walking up the steps to evil, knowing that I have what God tells me to do, I have to do it. And I have to believe that God can perform and perform the miracles he says he's going to believe right now. Because when I drop that staff, when I drop it, if it doesn't become a serpent, if it doesn't do exactly what God says, I'm dead. I'm done. He drops it. And it becomes a snake. No hesitation. Nothing. And he looks and he says, God's doing exactly what he says. I can trust God with what God says. And I can know God even better now. Because God's going to do exactly what he tells you. That was a miracle that took place We'll get into it a little more later, but that was a miracle that took place at that time in verse 9. Moses, can you imagine when that staff fell and that snake, it turned to a snake? I'm not thinking, why did it turn to a snake? Why? He's just, he, he just glows because he knows God is right there in that room with him. And he knows that he's okay. He's okay. The hard heart refuses to acknowledge God's Miracles because they lead to God. Now, now, Pharaoh and the other guys, they're not going to look at this miracle from God. In fact, they're going to try to duplicate it, and they will. They're not going to look at it as a miracle from God. And we'll go to Luke here in a minute. And the Pharisees and, and other people, they, they don't want to see the miracles of God. And I'll, tell you why. I'll tell you why they don't want to see the miracles of God. It's because it requires that they go towards God requires something out of their lives if they believe these miracles. The hard heart refuses to acknowledge God's miracles because they lead to God. So they want to duplicate whatever they want to duplicate. They want to imagine whatever they want to imagine. And it all, and all that requires believing God. You can tell your God stories and you can tell your testimonies. And you know they're absolutely factual. You know they're absolutely factual. You know they're absolutely true. But that doesn't mean the person you're telling it to will believe you. When you go and be and you, you say, well, I'm going to give my testimony. That's a wonderful thing. That's exactly what we are to do. And don't ever hesitate. When God moves, you move. But always remember, you're walking up the steps to the throne room of evil. And you're trying, through the Word of God, through the love of God, through the testimonies of your life with God, pull those people out of that fire. And Satan doesn't like to let go. And sometimes we deal with some hard hearts. And we're going to get into Luke here for a few verses. 
And this is a lady that, that had a, 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 she walked around like this. And she had a, it tells us in the scripture, I'm not going to read it today, but if you start in verse 10, you'll read it. It tells us in the scripture that she had a, had a spirit upon her, an evil spirit upon her that caused her to walk that way. And Jesus found her. And he's going to perform a miracle. And it says here in the scripture, starting verse 14, 14, it says, but the ruler of the synagogue, that's, that would be somebody running the synagogue, after Jesus had found this lady coming in, answered with indignation. And that's as an anger, a hatred. Because see, Jesus is going to heal this woman. He's going to remove that evil spirit. He's going to demand that take leave, that leave. Not through the woman's faith, but through what Jesus says. And this woman that has walked like this forever is going to stand up and walk. Now, that, to me, that, that, is, that is an absolute miracle. See, I've had miracles in my life like that when I was sick. I've had that happen to me. Not where I was crawled over, but where I was so sick. So I, I personally know the miracles of God. But we can see here in a minute the Pharisees, which we can relate to, to Pharaoh, people that are holding on to evil intent. They didn't like this. And it's, it's not the miracle they didn't like so much. They, they're blaming it because he did it on their Sabbath. And it says here, but the root of the synagogue answered with indignation. In other words, anger, just spewing anger because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. I, what happened to that love my brother stuff? Why, why didn't the Hebrews love each other so much that they were ecstatic when somebody was healed like that? Because then they would have to see that Jesus is who he is. And they're not going to do that. Pharaoh would have to recognize that Moses was sent by God. And he's not willing to do that. And it's sad today, but there's a lot of people out there not willing to see or even recognize the miracles of God. And Jesus dealt with it over and over again. And Jesus said, healed him on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered him and said, everybody say that word. Now we're talking about a guy that thought he was a man of God. We're talking about a Pharisee that he thought he had it all together. But Jesus is going to humiliate him in front of all the people. Why? Because he refused to see the miracles that Jesus was performing. Evil was so deep within his life that he couldn't see anything. Islam and other religions. I'll tell you, there was a Christian attack by Bernie Sanders this, this week, too. I can't remember the guy's name. He was going to be a, he's going to be on a, a President Trump's, one of his uh, teams, and he was just viciously attacked. You know why? Because Christian values have no business in our government, according to Mr. Bernie Sanders. That man is evil. I don't care what you think of him. He, he has failed to understand this constitution that we live by. He has failed to understand Christianity at all. 
his blindness towards hatred of who Christianity represents, Jesus Christ, has caused great, great stress and great under just a complete lack of any common sense. And that's a dangerous place for a setting sinner to be in the United States of America to say because your Christian values don't belong here. You go look it up, you'll see it. They're on the six days in which men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them. Can you imagine somebody saying, this sweet lady that's hurting for years, who knows how long, and says, we'll come back tomorrow, we'll heal you tomorrow. What kind of love is that? What kind of, what kind of love is that? Jesus is all love. The Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead away to water? Hmm. So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? And this, this right here, the daughter of Abraham, that's a, that's a smack in the fairy's face, the Pharisee's face. So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound? Who bound her? Satan. Satan has bound. Think of it. For 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he said these things, all the adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. See, Jesus faced these obstacles too. He walks up to the throne room of evil and he does exactly what he says he'll do. He'll heal the lame. He'll heal the sick. And by doing this, we can see that Jesus will always stand where God tells him to stand. Amen? He's going to stand firm. He's not going to fall into the Pharisees' traps. He's not going to fall into any traps. And the same with Moses. He's going to stand firm because he knows God. Now, all those people around Jesus when this took place, they know God clearer because of this. We know God clearer because of this. And I think that's what God wants us to understand. Those that refuse to see the miracles of God will never know God. You understand me? If, 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 you, if you and whoever it is, if you refuse to see the miracles of God, if you refuse to see the signs of God, if you refuse to see what God's doing all around you, then you'll never know God in the intimate way he wants you to know him. Instead, they try to create their own. And that's what we'll see, and we're going to finish up here in just a few minutes. But only the miracles, done, only the miracles done by God will last, and all others will be swallowed up. Amen? Those miracles last. So Moses is there and went to Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord commanded. Who commanded them? The Lord commanded them. Did they do exactly what the Lord said? Yep. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt, they also did like manner with their enhancements. For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. 
we don't know how that takes place. Satan can do whatever he wants. God allows anything he wants. We don't know if it was some kind of trick. We don't know what it was. What we do know from the scripture is evil always tries to duplicate what God's doing. It always tries to disguise itself. It can confuse us. You can say, well, that's the same thing about that. You've got a bunch of staffs that are snakes. You only got one God over. You got a bunch of these. Because Pharaoh didn't want to believe who the Lord God was. And as we go and be, most people don't want to believe what we believe. In verse 13, it says, And Pharaoh's heart grew hard. Because Pharaoh can say, Well, I can do what you can do. I don't have to believe in the miracles of whatever your God is. And it says here, and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. Recognize God's miracles. When we get something out of here. Things that the last of the scriptures I want to give you, and I'm not going to read it, I'm just going to phrase it for you. Is that when they threw down the other serpents and they started doing whatever they did, if you go back and you read the scriptures, you're going to see where God took that serpent that he laid down and swallowed up all of the things that Pharaoh did. And it became a staff again. And Pharaoh's heart would grow even harder and harder because he refused to see the miracles of God. He didn't want to know God. He didn't want any part of God. And it's, it's so sad that when we go to talk to people about God, so many don't want to know. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot that do want to know. Amen? There's a lot. There's, you know, there's people over in Kenya. There's people all over, all over Africa. There's people everywhere across the world that are walking not just a, a block or two, but maybe miles to church, just set in a, in, a, in a tent with the mud and the heat. And they're not worried about lunch. They're not worried about everything else. They're, they're coming together with no instruments, no music. They're coming together and walking, and they're, they're looking for Bibles. They're looking for the Word of God, the truth of God, because they're, they have fallen in love with God, and they know God. And their desire is to be around those people that know God, to come and worship God. We are so blessed in this country, but I fear it is as much of a blessing it is a curse. And I'll leave you just a thought. We're going to, uh, team, come on up if you're ready. Recognize God's miracles. He performs them all the time. Amen? That's a challenge for your week recognize the miracles of God in your own life. Because I see He performs them all the time. Amen? He does. If you want to know God, follow the Scriptures. Pray. Serve God. Fall in love with God. Fall in love with His attributes. Learn His attributes. One of the things I love so much about Bible Study Fellowship is they taught us the attributes of God. 
I'd get on a floor way back years ago and Saturday mornings, Bill, before you was the leader there, we got to get there at 6 o'clock in the mornings. And I get on that floor with these men, about 15 men or so. We all come from different churches and, 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 and different backgrounds, some professionals, some not. But none of, the, n- none of that mattered. None of that mattered. What mattered was a, a group of men, and the women were down the street in their church, and Vicki was a leader too at the time. She'd, I'd drop her off, and, or she'd drop me off, or however it worked. And we'd have to be dressed up. We couldn't wear, back then they made you, I couldn't, you couldn't even wear blue jeans. You was dressed up, and that's fine. We came together to know God. One purpose on Saturday mornings, month after month, was to know God. And to look at the other men that God was bringing into your life and listen to their, 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 their testimonies and their, their homiletics and all those things that God was doing in their lives. To come together. To get on our knees and, and open up in, in the attributes of God and, and thank God and be pacific with God and pray together for maybe 15 or 20 minutes. All these men in a big circle bowing their heads to the floor because we had one common goal, to know God. I would be lost without those days. And I can assure you I would not be here without those days. And at the very beginning of that, I used to think, man, that's 6 o'clock on Saturday morning. Come on, man, I've worked all week. I want to sleep a little bit. I don't know if I've got bigger blessings than and some of those Saturday mornings with some great men that wanted to know God. Sometimes we can feel like we're all alone. That nobody gets it. That they're killing Christians here and they're killing Christians there. And this person's crazy and that person's good. Who knows what it might sound like look like. Put your faith in God. Not in religion. Not in a denomination, not in a church, not in a pastor, not in a teacher. In God. And you will know God in a short period of time. Amen? If I could leave this church whenever God pulls me out or if I go home, if I can say, look back and say that I've, there's 12 people, at least 12 people, that have grown to know God in such a powerful way that it has not only changed their life, but it changed their children's life, their grandchildren's life. If I could, if I could find five people that would know God that way, I could find one. That everything we've done is worth everything. To pull people out of the curse of death. Because that's exactly what God's asked us to do. To walk up those steps, the throne room of evil, and praise God. Amen? Let's stand. We have a baptism coming up here in a minute, and they're going to go over and get ready. Uh, Chris and Mark, we go over, please. Chris Barber is getting baptized today. Amen.
Chris is knowing God, and he's been in a, him and his wife, Jenny, have been in a counseling with Bill and Sandy for quite some time. And uh, what they have taught them is uh, astronomical. Yeah, I know. But God has, has, has used Bill and Sandy to, to, to lead people to know God clear more. And I pray that this is, that's what this church is about more than anything. It's leading people, not to the throne room of evil, but to the throne room of God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you this morning, Father, we love you. We honor you. All glory belongs to you. We praise your holy name. Your attributes, Father, are endless. Father, we thank you for Chris this morning. Lord, we pray for this church that we will grow to know you. And however that looks, Father, but to know you. That we would not hesitate to know you. That we would stand firm in prayer and love but we know you. Father, be with us today. Thank you for your word. It's in my Lord and Savior's name. Jesus, we say amen. As always, we'll do communion right now. And as you belong to Jesus Christ, I think there's a communion over there, communion over there today. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you know, you don't have to know him in depth like a... Like a like a major theologian or a professor at a seminary school. The first principle God gave me in my life was it's not how much you know, but how much you love what you know. I do believe that God's looking for people that love what they know. It's never how much you know. It's but loving what you know. Because, see, when you fall in love with what you know about God, you're falling into a relationship with the God of everything the creator of all things, the ones that can heal the sick, the ones that can raise the dead, and the ones that can pull people out of the fire of eternal damnation. That's my God. He's quite a God, you know what? He's quite a God. I know a lot of you are going through a lot of issues this week. Amy, your mom, I'm so sorry. Her mom has been told some cancer things. They're going to find out more this week. Can you be praying? What's your mom's name, Amy? Patty, right? Everybody say Patty. Patty needs your prayers. But, but she goes to Calvary, where we're going to be down there in a few weeks on the 25th in Greenwood. But not just Patty. Amy needs your prayers. Her daughter needs your prayers. Her son needs your prayers. Her family needs your prayers. They're going through a, a time right now that some of you have been through. Becky, where's Becky? Oh, she had to leave. Some of us have been through with cancer. Je where's Jessica? Jessica, you've been through it. You know what it's like. You guys have been through it more than anybody around here. So we need to be in some serious, deep prayer for Patty and Amy and the rest of that family. She goes to the doctor Tuesday. Tuesday to find, it, to find out more. It's pancreatic cancer, they think, and liver cancer. 
please pray. Everybody say, I'll pray for Patty. Father, as we come before you, there's great pain and sorrow in people's lives in this church and all through the world, Father, for those lives in Egypt, those Christians that were just slaughtered because of your name, Father. We pray for their families. We pray they won't lose heart. We pray, Father, that you raise up strong men and women that will come beside them and teach them even more to know you, to honor you and to love you in the deepest pains of their life, Father. We are called to love you and trust you. Would you move us that way, Father? It's in your name I pray. Amen. Come and enjoy the Lord today.